This is Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. You've no doubt heard of Florida's opioid drug problem, as tragic as it is, and today we're going to talk about Florida's AOB, or Assignment of Benefits problem. AOBs are now front and center in the Florida legislature. The head of the Florida Senate's Banking and Insurance Committee, Senator Doug Broxson from the Panhandle, said, we have an opioid problem, we have a human trafficking problem, and we have an AOB problem. An assignment of benefits is a contract signed by a property owner, and it basically happens all the time that at 2 a.m. in the morning, your pipes and your washer machine bust, and the next thing you know, you're grabbing the yellow pages or pulling your phone out of your hand so you can look and see who to call. And the next thing you know, someone may show up at your door here to help. And the rest is history. Oftentimes, those individuals that show up at your door at 2 a.m. in the morning will have a document that they'll ask you to sign. And you're going to sign anything because you are panicked that water is going to your be- into your beautiful home. What happens when people sign that? Well, unfortunately, in the past seven years, unscrupulous vendors and their lawyers have taken advantage of this AOB document, and they've taken control of a homeowner's policy rights. And as one of the speakers said last week, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars as Floridians paying for our homeowner's insurance rights, and then signing on one document takes all the rights away. These documents were rarely used prior to 2011, and I've been in and out of this insurance regulatory process for 30 years, and I never saw one until then. And all of a sudden, we're seeing tens of thousands of these documents involved in claims-paying practices over the past eight years. It's really become a cottage industry. So this small group of vendors and their lawyers, and literally they travel in packs, certain vendors have certain lawyers, they know what they can do and how they can get away with it, and they've become addicted to the easy money that an assignment of benefits offers them. Today on our program, we have Wesley Todd, and Wesley is the CEO of Case Glide, and I like to think of Case Glide as a dashboard of claims litigation, and it helps analyze what the litigation is doing, what the trends are as it's happening, and how people can use that in litigation going forward, sort of learning from the past to predict how you handle future litigation. So welcome, Wesley. Glad you're here. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I've always wanted to get you on the Florida Insurance Roundup, and I'm tickled that today is the day. So before I get to all the math and the mayhem of this particular plight, you know, I think we have got to remind ourselves that the AOB problem is one that hits every Floridian. And I know, Wes, you used to be, you know, a lawyer that was working hard in the industry, insurance industry, as a defense lawyer, working for insurance companies and trying hard to make sure that, you know, claims were paid correctly. So tell us about where you came from and how you got here. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, After all the guests that you've had on here, you know, it's an honor to be on the Roundup. And I'm excited to talk to you about this really important uh, topic. So I uh, began as an insurance defense lawyer working for all the biggest and and medium-sized insurance companies in the country, uh, represented insurance companies of all sizes, And I moved up the ranks at the biggest law firm in Florida until I had, you know, 20 some odd people working for me, managing claims 
against Florida homeowners insurers and other types of insurers. And what I noticed at that time uh, in, in the early uh, 2010s was that the insurance companies and the lawyers were using Microsoft Outlook to manage litigation. So they had no data and everything was very expensive because, as you know, the lawyers to, to type to each other, it, it's, it's a lot of uh, hourly rates. And so I said, if we could put software between the insurance companies and the lawyers, I could create the operational efficiencies to allow these people to focus on defending these claims instead of focus on all the admin work. And then I could get all this rich data out of all the negotiations happening with these plaintiff's lawyers on these cases. So I left and I started Case Glide. And you, fa- and, and you fast forward to today, and instead of handling 150 cases at the law firm, I'm handling 100,000 cases at Case Glide, wow. managing the litigation. More in Florida insurance companies use Case Glide to manage their litigation than all the other software platforms combined. And you know what we're focused on doing for the for our Florida market because we're, we've expanded well outside of Florida, but we're very focused and we work very closely with Lisa Miller and Associates on this AOB issue because this AOB issue has skyrocketed out of control. And so in addition to just making it less expensive to litigate, our one of our primary focuses is on providing the evidence required to help the legislature uh, effectuate the right decision moving forward. So, you know, thanks to your coaching, you know, we've spent years trying to get everybody to this point by turning this into a more transparent, uh, numbers-oriented discussion. Wes, let's talk about the cost. Let's talk about what all your data, your incredible work in this arena is showing you that it's costing Floridians and anybody associated in this issue. Well, Lisa, you're not going to like what you hear and, and, and neither are the listeners. I mean, how, how do you think everybody in this state would feel if they knew that every one of these great companies are paying $50 million a year to deal with this unscrupulous contractor issue. And and what if this law and the legislators behind this law and the lawyers behind this law, what if that was giving just a small set, you know, of these trial lawyers, 10, 15 lawyers, 1 billion with a B dollars per year. Wow. And 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 so what does that mean? What if what if you personally why not? Why don't we just do this? Why don't we? Why didn't everybody listen to this podcast? Just write a check out to those ten lawyers. Well, let's just write a check right now. We might as well. There's no difference for four hundred dollars every single year. I don't think I, I know a lot of people that really had four hundred dollars lying around. So that's one way to look at this issue because you know everybody can confuse it and and make it this uh, you know very difficult thing to understand. But at the end of the day, what if you or I or, or you, the listener? sat down right now and wrote a $400 check to, to a lawyer that you knew 6 million other people were writing that same check to. I mean, that that's there's data and then there's serious concerns. And that's all I'm doing is using data to just tell you how seriously concerning this is for all of our friends and family in this state. Incredible. I want to kind of talk to you about the state of a state, if you will, of AOB reform and what the legislature's tried to do, what the insurance commissioner is saying, just to give a background to our audience and to catch us up. There's a Senate Bill 122 that's going through the process right now, and that bill has some common sense changes to it. It's not perfect, but it was quite the source of debate, and it kind of sets a cap of $3,000 
for the emergency removal of water, kind of the crisis pot of money, if you will. And then things outside that would have different time frames and different dollar amounts. It gives, you know, homeowners the right to rescind the contract within 14 days, which is, you know, quite generous, I think, and, and works well. And then on the House side, they have a bill that's quite different than the Senate bill. And it, it's it's 23 pages, and it has everything from, you know, the fact that you could buy a policy with an assignment of benefits um, option, or you can buy an insurance policy without one, and companies can offer those at different prices. And so that's a, a source of discussion. Then you may have heard the governor give a state of the state address, and he mentioned that it was a racket, these assignment of benefit documents, and how that's causing problems you know, for consumers and rates going up. But you also have on the other side of it, you know, the vendors and the trial lawyers, and, and, you know, we have good vendors and good trial lawyers out there. I don't want this podcast to be all about the bad ones, but there's just a handful, like in every industry, that seem to be driving the problem. Um, you know, they're saying that, that homeowners have to have an AOB and that vendors have to have one to get their bills paid and for consumers to have leverage is a word that's used a lot. You heard uh, CFO Jimmy Petronas calling out the Florida Bar and saying, you know, what's the Florida Bar doing about some of the the actors, uh, you know, the lawyers that are, shall we say, well, very dangerously on that fine line of what is scrupulous and what is not. So from your standpoint, you know, you're looking at hundreds and thousands of cases. What does your data analytics show, even notwithstanding you've got the leaders of our state saying it's a problem, you've got legislators saying it's a problem, you've got consumers coming to the podium saying it's a problem, what are the data? What does the data show, Wesley? The data shows that it's it's a significant problem for Florida policyholders. So you know, as everybody knows in insurance, the insurance company's job is simple. It doesn't matter whether they're insuring flood in New Orleans or an, you know or an earthquake in Florida, which would never happen. Their job is to just figure out how likely is it to happen and price it appropriately. So for the Florida insurers have done the right thing and have been raising rates so that they can afford to pay for this problem. But guess who pays it for that problem? Of course, it's the uh, the policyholder. So it's a major problem. It's a problem for the insurance companies because their job, they want to keep their premiums down for their policyholders. They want to keep them. But, it's, but they're going to get paid through their premiums for this for these lawyers that are asking for, you know, the state to basically subsidize their practices and make them rich. Uh, so the data shows that there's 10 to 15 lawyers getting rich and everybody else is paying for it. You and I and everybody listening to this podcast in Florida. I'll just say, you know, you brought up some 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 commentary about some ways to think about it. And I'll just say one thing. I'm going to pass it back to you. Every time I talk on this topic. I, and if I'm in a room, I ask everybody to raise their hand if they know anybody who's been affected negatively by the sinkhole bill from 2011. Mm. And I've never had a hand raised yet. And the, and the same arguments that were being made in 2011 are being made today. That, oh, you can't have this happen because if you do this, then everybody's going to have a lot of trouble. Well, I still have yet to find one person that even knows someone else that was negatively affected by the sinkhole bill, but it was the same problem. It was a billion dollar a year problem for Florida policyholders, not for Florida insurers. So, you know, you can hear all the arguments now. The second that this law is passed, you won't hear another argument ever again. So if we pass this law, can you opine on, you know, in the courts, 
There are cases, there's one in the Supreme Court, and we heard Commissioner Altmaier say that even if we pass this law, even if the House and Senate agree and the governor signs it, we still have to deal with what's going on in the Supreme Court. Or shall I say it another way? If we don't pass this law and the Supreme Court says what's sitting in front of them is okay, which is basically that mortgage companies can have a say in an assignment of benefits, do we need a law and a Supreme Court decision? Should we have either? How do we make sure that it finally we finally fix this problem? Sounds like uh, what happens when you leave lawyers in charge of business. You know, <laughs> it becomes very complicated, and there's no there's no you know good answer. But the Supreme Court's decision is really just a tiny perspective. It's it you know if if it if they approve the requirement of a mortgage a mortgage company, then it's just going to be another feather in the cap of the insurance companies. But we still are going to have to address this issue. We're still going to have to have a conversation because the problem with Florida is the one-way attorney fee statute. And so they're going to find one way to make it where they recover one more dollar, whether the mortgage company is required or not. Gotcha. And when they find that, they're going to get their $300,000 in plaintiff attorney bills with their contingency fee. And so it is a possible solution and, it, and, it, and it's a smart one. But, you know, instead of focusing only on that, I think we need to address the issue head on as we've been doing and really just talk about it. So once we get that feather in our cap as the insurance industry, we should then say again next, we still want to talk about this, even if we're going to win this thing. We still want to talk about this because we're not going to win it on a technicality. We're, let's win, let's win it seriously because we're better than that for our for the state. You know, the Florida insurance industry is different than that. They handle things differently. They're much more they're much closer to policyholders than these national companies, and so they need to have this conversation and help them help the policyholders out of this. Good good thought. So your your take is that even if the Supreme Court says that mortgage companies can have a say in whether or not an assignment of benefits is valid or not. That we still need to address, we still need to address the real driver here, which is the one-way attorney fee statutes. And for those in the listening audience, we have a statute on our books that says that if an insurance company loses a, a court award judgment uh, by a dollar, you know, or a penny for that matter, the attorney that's bringing the suit can get attorney's fees. And that just seems to be the the calling card and the underlying underlying theme here among this debate. So another question for you is that. The bad faith law, you know, where people, uh, plaintiff's lawyers will say that an insurance company is not acting in good faith. There's a process to bring a bad faith suit. I think they have like 60 days to try to, an insurance company has 60 days to try to cure a problem before someone can, you know, lawyer can file a bad faith, a bad faith suit. Do you see the two tied together? Do you see, you know, bad faith is a different kind of lawsuit. You know, you, I like to think of it as you have the claim, you have a claim dispute, you have a, quote, regular lawsuit, if you will, where there's just a, a disagreement. And then you have what I'll call the, you know, the, the Armageddon, which is the bad faith suit that really alleges some serious behavior of an insurance company. Do you see that compendium ever shrinking? And do you think that the threat of bad faith um, is fueled by some of what's going on with the assignment of benefits? Uh, a very good question, and one that you know you have to be very aware of as you implement strategies to defend against assignment of benefits, such as the requirement of a mortgage company. So last I checked, and I don't think this has been tested, but 
the bad faith, the ability to claim does not get transferred in the assignment. So an, an assignment, uh, a contractor can't sue for bad faith. They never had that agreement. Um, now, could a policyholder assign that to that contractor? I think it's never been tested, but I think I think that what most of the experts say is that that's just one thing that they can't get here. But bad faith, when you had Hurricane Irma and some other hurricanes where everybody was pressed to the limits on their adjusters and people were having trouble communicating or, or this year's hurricane where people were having trouble communicating because the cell phone towers were down. Bad faith is always the primary issue. I don't know if it deal if it's really as relevant. I, I, it could be, but I don't think it's as relevant in the assignment of benefit claims as it is in the direct uh, Hurricane Irma claims that are still being brought, even if they're not brought under assignment of benefits. They're still being brought by the same law firms that bring the AOB claim. So it's a problem that one day might wind up being bigger than AOB, but not in volume, only in a few big cases on Irma or, or, or things like that. So it's something to keep an eye on for sure. That's good to know because that has been also a discussion. You know, I, it's very important for our listeners to understand that there are lawsuits and then there are bad faith lawsuits and the difference is tremendous. Finally, let me ask you one more question. To put this in perspective, Florida has 6 million property insurance policies. On average, without a storm, there's about mm, 5%, 5 to 7% in normal claims, 300 to say 400,000 claims a year. For a storm, like Irma, I think we're close to a, a, over a million in claim, maybe a million claims, something like that. That is what exacerbates the problem. Do you see that, you know, with the exponential increase in storm claims, that this is going to, as you said, you've seen things double. Do you think that the Michael claims, because it is the most recent and most severe storm that we've had in, in over 10 years, that this issue is going to get worse? Or do you think all the media attention, I mean, you hear now consumers saying, oh, I'm not going to sign an assignment of benefits. Do you think that, that, the, that the media campaign is working? Or are you seeing the data and statistics showing that this thing is going to go off the charts even more? It's right in between both of those spectrums. It hasn't proportionally increased with all of the claims from the hurricane. So if the hurricanes doubled, it wasn't like AOBs doubled, but they didn't just stop where they were at either. They went about halfway there. So they did increase with the hurricanes. It wasn't necessarily with Michael, but with Irma. So I think that with Michael, what you saw is this is going to be a perfect test case as to what happens when a storm doesn't hit Tri-County and hits an area with less claim influencers, if you will, you know, whether it be attorneys, public adjusters, or loss consultants. So I think you're going to have an amazing case study of, hey, this is the same state with the same law, and when it hits this part of the state, they file a claim 25% of the time, and when it hits this part of the state, they file a claim 5% of the time, and it's going to show you that it doesn't. the law doesn't matter. It's the people. And it's the people influencing those people. So I, I think that you're going to see good news actually come out of Michael because you're going to see what would happen if Florida was a normal state as opposed to, you know, the think it worrying about the contractors going over there and convincing all these uh, different set of people to be a little suspicious with their insurance companies. 
and they the, the people of the Panhandle are very resilient. They are a different set of people. I've talked to many of them. I go to the Panhandle a lot. And most of them are saying, if someone comes knocking on my front door, they're not a friend of mine because my friends go to my back door. Thank you. Well, so we all much. owe that to you. We all owe that to you, Lisa, because this it, two, three years ago it was crickets in the media on AOB. And nowadays you can't go a day without hearing about it. And the people have noticed and you and maybe a handful of other people at most were, you know, at the front and center of this thing, getting it out there. The insurance companies, they couldn't really speak to it. They needed to take care of their business, take care of their policyholders. They let, you know, you do the talking for them and it's paying off because people understand before they sign that agreement, uh, at least in the areas that are watching the news, they understand before they sign that agreement, um, you know, that, that, that there could be negative consequences. So, so a lot of people owe that to you, Lisa. A lot of the companies owe that to you and the people. Thank you for the kind word, words, Wes, and, and for being on the insurance on the Florida Insurance Roundup. And I, I cannot thank you enough for shedding light in your work with the analytics and the data that you provide. And the 60-day legislative session, you know, we're, we're going to be following it very closely. We'll be in every single committee meeting. I'll be talking with legislators. I spent... Uh, two solid days meeting with some incredible legislators who really weren't familiar with it. And, you know, it's kind of like having to say, say things over and over again, and we will continue to repeat it. Insurance Commissioner Altmaier, he's continued to warn the legislature that if they don't act this, you know, seventh year in a row, that it's going to be, we're going to see rate increases like we never thought about. But we'll make sure that we put in our show notes you know, links to Case Glide so that our, our readers and listeners can find your website. And, and, you know, we have a dedicated assignment of benefits page. Um, you can, those of you that are listening today can see all kinds of information about the latest reform bills. We've got other personal stories of people that have been taken advantage of. It's a very informational assignment of benefits page on our website, lisamillerassociates.com. That's www.lisamillerassociates.com. So I want to hear from you. You can leave us a message with the Florida Insurance Roundup at 850-388-8002. That's 850-388-8002. And, you know, just leave, me, leave us a message and either I'll call you back or one of our team members will. Or you can send me an email personally to Lisa Miller at Lisa Miller Associates with an S on the end dot com. Lisa Miller at Lisa Miller Associates dot com. I want to thank you again, Wes, for being a part of this. And, and remember that at Lisa Miller & Associates, we've got a passion for policy and client success. We want the right thing to be done at the right time for the right people. Uh, until next time, be safe. This has been Lisa Miller & Associates' Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com. Thank you.